to fit the observed behavior of microscopic particles, like electrons and protons, the laws must be modified somewhat. As modified, these laws are called quantum mechanics. There's no question that the US military has been at the forefront of many of mankind's greatest technological achievements. From the turtle, the world's first submarine, to the nuclear-powered submarines used today, we've accomplished so much. Everyday things like duct tape, the internet, superglue, silly putty, GPS, microwaves, I mean, the list goes on and on and on, but all of these were invented due, in some part, to US military efforts. The Navy's interest in new technologies is just as strong today as it ever was. We endeavor to dream big and push ourselves. We test our limits and redefine the word possible with every technological advancement. Curiosity really is part of the human experience, and we wanted to take a moment to pique your curiosity and discuss one field of science at the forefront of naval technology. The mathematics of quantum mechanics are quite complex, but we don't need to consider the details of the calculations. I'm MC2 Keith Wilson. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 4 of Ears Adrift. I'll be your host for today's discussion of quantum technology. Now, this is a behemoth of a topic, and we really wanted to dedicate some time to it, so this is going to be part one of a two-part series. To learn more about quantum technology, we met with some of the top scientists in their field at the U.S. Naval Research Laboratory, or NRL. Uh, there was this large revolution in quantum mechanics in the 1920s. And we all know the big names, you know, Einstein's Podesky, Rosen, uh, Pauli, Heisenberg, all that sort of thing. I had the honor of doing my PhD at Oxford as a Rhodes Scholar uh, with one of the giants of that field, Rudolf Parle. Uh, he's, he's since passed on, but it's a great honor to work with him. This is Dr. Tom Reinecke. He's the senior scientist for nanoelectronics and head of the quantum phenomena and modeling section of the Electronics Science and Technology Division at NRL. So I had that sort of experience then. Then I came to the laboratory here and I became interested in <clears throat> sort of this nanoscience business, things that are small, sort of on the atomic scale or bunches of atoms and that sort of thing. And although I'm a theorist, I was involved with people growing these materials growing materials with defect states in it, growing materials with quantum dots in it, so on and so forth. Quantum dots are semiconductor particles that are tiny, just a few nanometers in size. They have these quantum mechanical properties, so in one aspect of research, they had the development of these quantum materials and the rise of NRL's Nanoscience Center. In addition, they had development in atom optics. This made possible for NRL to step into the field of quantum. We were, we were ready, the, the infrastructure was there. So these two forces kind of, it seemed to me, came together and uh, gave the basis for these quantum technologies which people are now interested in. Now, if you're like me, you find this topic absolutely fascinating. It sounds like something out of science fiction and it really makes me feel like, the future is now. But before we get into the current technology, I think it's important to at least try to get an understanding of the basics. We asked Dr. Adam Black, an atomic physicist in the Optical Sciences Division at NRL, just what is quantum mechanics? Yeah, it's, it's a tough question because it is really founded in some, in some pretty uh, involved, you know, sort of 
math and science foundation. Um, but uh, to take a stab at it, you know, we have our sort of every, our everyday world that's sort of governed by sort of rules and laws that we understand. Everyone's learned about Newton's laws of motion probably in high school, uh, F equals MA, and people tend to remember that even if they don't remember anything else about high school physics class. Um, and there was a very exciting time in sort of the beginning of the 20th century when people were studying all these sort of disparate things, the properties of light, the properties of atoms, new kinds of radioactivity that had been discovered, and trying to see, well, how do these fit with these other laws that we thought we knew? And what they discovered was basically there, there were things that didn't fit. There were certain observations you could make in a laboratory that simply didn't work with that earlier foundation. So they had this audacious idea to change the laws of physics. True to the nature of science, when something didn't fit, they came up with a better explanation that described what they were seeing in the lab. So the great minds of the early 20th century developed these new laws of physics called quantum mechanics to more accurately describe the world. This sum expresses the laws of motion that apply to macroscopic particles. Now in the macroscopic world, meaning what we as humans see in our day-to-day -day lives, F equals MA is still basically correct for calculating the force. That is, mass times acceleration. But in the microscopic world, this wasn't necessarily true. The macroscopic model would have described atoms as being almost like billiard balls, flying around and bouncing off each other in a sort of three-dimensional chaotic game of pool. But as mentioned earlier, this wasn't necessarily true. The particles tended to behave more like waves. And, and we understand waves really well. We understand sound waves. Uh, you know, an acoustic engineer uh, understood sound, understands sound wave, waves without understand quant understanding quantum mechanics. Um, but a lot of those aspects of wave behavior turn out to describe particles at a very small scale. So for example, particles can interfere with each other. You've seen interference if you've ever seen a uh, soap bubble and you've seen the sort of iridescent rainbow colors in a soap bubble um, illuminated by sunlight. You've probably seen that, you know, blowing, blowing bubbles. But interference of matter can also happen, uh, and quantum mechanics tells us that. That's one example. Um, that interference can happen because of what's called a superposition state. It turns out that an atom can be described as being in two different states at the same time. For example, being in two different places at the same time, in some sense. That's sort of a colloquial description of a mathematical picture. So it's this foundational difference that then has these sort of particular things we can pick out and say, well, that's different. There's not interference of matter in the normal world. There's not superposition in the normal world. There's not entanglement in the normal world. And so that's, it's sort of this fundamental change that leads to these particular changes in the way we see things. Now, it's hard to believe that's just the basics. I mean, these guys really know their stuff. But what does this mean for the Navy? NRL has been involved with quantum research for decades, but just this last year in March of 2020, the Department of the Navy designated NRL as the Navy's Quantum Information Research Center. Essentially, this designation allows NRL to collaborate with and utilize private and public sector organizations to help augment research into quantum technologies. This just goes to show that the Navy is very interested in all of this. Our interest is in the results that quantum mechanics gives. Well, there's a lot of things going on now. The impacts are potential and vary on different timescales. Uh, impacts can be in timing. Atomic clocks are now the standard around the world, the standard they use Naval, Naval Observatory, for example. 
uh, time standards. Uh, they're the basis of communications and the basis of other technologies. Now, the power behind keeping time on a quantum level may not seem like a big deal, but it can really play into other technologies in incredible ways. For example, quantum timing is a key component in sensing technologies. Time and motion are one aspect of, of, um, of sensing. That's what we call PNT, position, navigation, and timing. Uh, you can sense accelerations and rotations. So if we need to navigate a ship, if we happen to have our GPS link lost, uh, you know, there's a, an enormous increase in the abilities of jamming and spoofing GPS to, to prevent us from using it effectively all the time. Um, you need to navigate even without GPS. That means you need to have accelerometers and gyroscopes, things that can measure accelerations and rotations. If you measure those quantities all the time and you know how much time has passed, you can work out where you are if you know where you started. Quantum sensing technologies has other important applications, such as with traversing undersea terrain and warfighting abilities. Quantum-capable sensors can provide us with extremely accurate measurements of magnetic fields. This has the potential to reveal underground tunnels and much more. Um, magnetometry is a big area in quantum sensing, where uh, if you can measure very precisely a magnetic field, you can use it to detect um, submarines, for example, um, which are somewhat magnetic, um, and also use that for navigation by, by learning, by comparing your, your um, measurement of magnetic field to the sort of map of the Earth's magnetic field. So there are a huge number of applications um, of different types of sensors, um, depending on the exact quantity you sense. As we move into the 21st century, it sounds like quantum technology will become a major asset in naval warfighting abilities. It will certainly impact command level decisions, but we wanted to know how might quantum impact sailors at every level, including lower enlisted folks. Quantum mechanics also explains many other concepts of chemistry. Well, one of the issues that we always seem to come up with in the quantum technologies is this corrosion problem, which is a really, really important problem in shifts. And it, that all goes back to the kinetics of chemical reactions and to understand the kinetics of complex chemical reactions. And it, it, it's sort of an odd point that the computational technologies and algorithms available in the pre-quantum days didn't treat these kinetic problems about chemistry so well. And quantum computers have a unique capability of getting at the kinetic side of it. The underlying energetics, it's a little bit technical structure of things, that techniques existed for computationally a long time ago. But it's the kinetics thing which is really important. It's an important in, in the corrosion problem and, and things like that. Hey, hey, see the Timmy. What? Did you hear that? Put down your needle gun. What you said? I said put it down. You can stop skipping paint because quantum. Uh, okay. In all seriousness though, that sounds pretty incredible. Who would have thought that the secret to fighting off corrosion, a chemical reaction, might just depend on quantum mechanics to be solved? So position, timing, navigation, communication, corrosion, all this quantum business, it sounds great. But how far away are we from implementing viable quantum technology into the fleet? Yeah, uh, that's, that's very much sort of close to my heart right now because uh, one of the main projects that I work on is trying to take some uh, quantum technologies, particularly those for measuring uh, gravity, accelerations, and rotations, that have been demonstrated to work in the lab extremely well. Um, you know, better gyroscopes than any other gyroscope, better gravimeters than any other gravimeter uh, have been demonstrated in the lab. 
but uh, you know, these things aren't on Navy ships yet. So my hope, my hope is that in the in the next five years or so, um, we'll have been able to make those improvements and actually start sort of transition these technologies out of the laboratory where you need to have a couple of PhDs sort of working on it to keep it working and, and it can't really move or shake or, um, you know, it's got to be in the sort of laboratory environment. Get them out to where they can be um, really deployed for um, you know, the benefit of the, the Navy and the world. Sometimes it's a huge discovery, a pivotal moment that changes things overnight. Other times it's baby steps, from theory to practical application over the course of 100 years. Either way, I'm grateful we have such a talented group of scientists dedicating their time and energy to this research. I wanted to say thank you to everyone at the U.S. Naval Research Laboratory for help making this possible. That's it for this episode of Ears Adrift. Keep an ear out and stay posted for new episodes each month. You can listen to us on your favorite podcast outlets, our Facebook page, or our website at www.ah.mil. Thanks again for tuning in. I'm your host, MC2 Keith Wilson. These successes prove the usefulness of the quantum mechanical view of the atom. Agreement is excellent.